Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much. Oh, it's so good to be with you guys today. Um, yes, it, it is easy for us to say that we enjoy the, this beautiful white stuff. Um, and I do understand that that is a, a, a gift to us at the moment because it's new to us and it's different to us. I have not spent much of my life in the snow. But um, I grace to you guys where this is the beginning of a, of a season. But it is wonderful to be with you guys today. It is such a privilege that, gosh, I think the first time I came through here, um, I was just interested in Alicia, and then we came through a little bit later on, and we were married and got to celebrate that with, with you here and to bring um, our little son, Liam, who is 11 weeks old, or 12 weeks old, is so fun. Um, just a miracle even to be here. It, we were told that it was going to take about uh, 80 days to get his social security number, his, um, uh, what's the other one, social security number, his passport, all those kind of things. Each one would have to take 80 days, then another 80 days, and and so we probably shouldn't be here until the middle of next year, but we applied for each of those, and we got his, um, his social security number or whatever within two days, and we applied for his passport. They said it's going to take tw- uh, 10 to 12 weeks, so we booked plane tickets for two and a half weeks later, and um, uh, a couple of days before we left, I called them up, and they said, okay, you can pay for the more expensive version, and that'll still take 20 to 30 business days, and we had less than a week before we got on our plane. And I said, okay, well, we'll do that. And then we hung up the phone, and then someone called me right back. And they said, hey, we're printing your son's passport. Do you want us to send it FedEx or not? And I was like, uh, FedEx, please. <laughs> so we got on the plane when he was six weeks old, and we were able to come here. So just God's goodness to even families, that God loves and values family. And for us, it's such a privilege to be home with family and, and many of you who have known Alicia for so long. So it's a privilege to be here today. Um, Wow, today we want to talk about hearing God's voice for guidance. And um, I understand that the, the Abide series has been so good. Uh, I've just been hearing testimonies and going over some of the process you have been going through. Last week, looking at the, all the creative ways that God speaks. I, I hope your faith was encouraged, not only because you understand greater how God speaks to you in different ways, but also hearing about how God speaks to each and every one of us. And I love the uniqueness of how God speaks. In relationship, you know, it's when we're treated all the same, there's a little bit of a lack of, of value. But I love it how God doesn't just treat us all like the same. He knows you specifically. He created you, and he knows how to speak to you. And today, we're going to just talk about hearing God's voice and, and what that looks like in the area of guidance. And I, I was going through the, the study that you guys are looking at this week, and to be honest, I was interpreting it all through the way that life was. And just in worship this morning, the presence of God, I just really felt God say, no, no, no. This is more than ever do we need to have a fresh understanding of hearing God's voice for guidance now. Life does not look the same. And if we just carry on with kind of, you know, it'd be nice to hear God's voice, you know, because maybe in a few years ago or a year ago or gosh, even a few months ago, life was pretty simple and, you know, if, we, if God spoke to us or if he didn't, you know, we could get along. But right now I just feel like there is a, a real war going on. And if ever the body of Christ and if ever we needed or if ever our community needed you, needed us to be people that heard from God, it's now. The solution isn't going to come from out there. The solution is going to come from within us. We are the light of the world. We are the kingdom of God expressed We are the desires and the hope of God expressed to those who don't know him in our community. And that's both in salvation in those areas, 
but it's also in practical things. I want to share some stories of just people hearing God in radical ways, and uh, it's going to be different than this morning's service, because I just feel like God's speaking each time, each time maybe something specific for you guys. But, you know, we don't always get stuck in situations because of things that we did. Sometimes God sets us up because he wants to do something, and I wonder if God wants to do some amazing things amongst us, even in these seasons. Uh, a friend of mine, a YWAM leader, was running a, a missions course down in Chile, and they had all these students come, and Alicia and I have been for years running these uh, six-month schools where we spend three months knowing God, getting our life right with Him, learning how to hear His voice, then we go out and do three months uh, evangelism, train, you know, those kind of things, mercy ministry, serving the nations. And um, this leader was running one of these programs in Chile, and they ran out of money. The money ran out. The students didn't have enough fees, and they prayed and said, God, how do we creatively solve this problem and one of the staff members was a farmer and he'd done some farming he said you know what if we buy potatoes we can cut them up and you can plant them again and one potato can make a potato tree or plant sorry tree (laughs) those farmers i just lost all credibility (laughs) It's it's a vine right no it's anyway so this potato and so they went okay so they gathered together the last bit of money they had and they went out and they bought a sack of potatoes and they began to go out to their, their field they had next to the campus that they had. And they, they started to dig it all up. And they started cutting these potatoes and planting these potatoes. And the neighbor, looking over the, the fence, said, hey, um, what are you guys doing? They said, oh, we're, we're planting potatoes. And the neighbor was like, you are silly people. This is the harvesting season. This is not the planting season. This is the harvesting season for potatoes. And the, the gentleman who had the idea of planting, he was from a different part of the world. So for him, it was potato planting season. But this was potato harvesting season, and so they were like, oh, no. So being from Chile, they all ended up using the nicely um, cleared field now to play soccer. So the rest of that course, they played soccer on that field, which if you know about anything about plants, playing soccer on your planted things is not a great way. And they, they finished their course. They all went on an outreach for three months and came back, and they were getting ready for the next school the next year. And they were like, you know what? We, okay, we did this all wrong, but maybe we should try it again. And so they, one day, you know, and they felt embarrassed. They lost all this money. They spent their last bit of money for these potatoes. And then they were in this next, and they were like, okay, we're going to try this again. We'll do it the right season this time. So now it's planting season. So they all went out there to this now overgrown field because no one had touched it, this overgrown field. And they began pulling out all these weeds to clear away, to get ready to plant again. And lo and behold, you know, what looked like weeds to these guys was actually potato plants. And they started pulling out and finding there's these potatoes. They did everything wrong. They planted when they were meant to harvest. They didn't look after it, water it. In fact, they played soccer on it and packed it down and did everything wrong. And yet, and so they were all shouting and cheering and praising the Lord. And here comes their neighbor looking over the fence again. Hey, uh, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and my friend, who's the leader of the, the base at the time, went over to the, the neighbor and said, Oh, well, we're, uh, <laughs> we're uh, harvesting our potatoes. <laughs> and he's like, What do you mean? It's when you went to plant the potatoes. And he was like, Oh. And he began to witness to that, the neighbor about hearing God's voice and, and obeying him. And, you know, there are creative ways that God wants to speak to us. And, but growing and hearing God's voice, it takes faith. And faith in that God speaks to us is a, is a powerful thing. Uh, we can't just know about God and know all of the information about him. Activating faith and hearing his voice requires something of us. It takes faith that God actually is good. It takes faith to know that God is able to bring change. If we want to hear God's voice and, and hear a God in, in ways of how do we uh, have guidance for doing things, if we don't believe God is able to change the situation, 
then we're not going to be able to accurately hear from him. Or when he says something, we're not going to believe him. But he is a God who is able to make change. He is a God who cares about you. He created you. Do you know that the Father, the one who created the heavens and the earth, he knows you. And it matters to him where you're at right now. It matters to him the things in your life that are struggles and challenges and battles. God wants to engage in your life. But how do we get more faith? I grew up as in the mission field. Again, our family is a strange family. I'm a New Zealander born in the Philippines. Um, I have a strange accent. Uh, my wife is from Canada, but she worked in Australia. We met in Costa Rica, and now our little baby boy has an American passport. So we're, we're an odd family. Um, and, and my life, I grew up in a mission field. I grew up in the mountains in, in the Philippines. And I grew up hearing about all these stories of incredible things that God does. We had one friend who's a, a Brazilian her name is Marcia, and she was living in uh, Brazil, and they were praying, saying, God, what do you want to do in our nation? And they're looking at a map, and they felt God say on the map, there is people in this part of Brazil that you need to go and meet with. And they did research and checked around, and all they found, that everyone said there's nobody that's an uninhabited part of, the, of Brazil. But because God had spoken to them, it required obedience. And so they were like, okay, this might not make any sense to any, but we were going to go and see if there's people here. So these three young ladies, they were around 18, teenage, late teenagers at the time, three ladies began a three-week trip to this place. They felt God said there was people that needed to hear about him. Started off with buses, big boats, small boats, no boats, just walking in. At points, they were following compasses or following God's direction in, a, in an unknown jungle, just God saying, go this way, go that way. And at one day, they were resting and all of a sudden, they were surrounded by men with spears. And I don't know if you know stories about Brazil, but some of the stories of Brazil is not all of the tribes there are peaceful tribes. And so surrounded by spears, I don't know about you, but it's the normal response is not to praise and worship. But these ladies, as soon as they saw these men with spears, they broke into praise and worship. And out of the group came, I guess, an elderly lady, and they find out later on that, that she was the witch doctor of the, of the tribe. And... They, this is a, it's a, the tribe was called the Sawaraha tribe, and it was a naked tribe, so these lovely missionary ladies, brave and courageous to live with them, were also naked to, to engage their community. So, you know, missions, you follow God, you obey him, and sometimes that looks different. But they were in this tribe, and they began to learn the language of the Sawaraha tribe, and years later they found out the story that this witch doctor had been, there had been an illness in the community, and there only about 140, or it's a small tribe, and they were dying. And she said, of all the gods in the world, if there is a true God, if there is one true God, would he come and help our people? I don't know what to do. And when they found this, they, they learned the language, they worked it out, that this is about the same time that those YWAMers were just praying and saying, God, what's your heart for Brazil? And the same time that she was praying, saying, if there's a God, would he help us? And here they were, people that would hear God's voice and walk in radical obedience and provided a solution. And so they began to do all this thing. And when she saw uh, when the witch doctor saw these three, the visions she had when she prayed that night and asked if there's a God out there, the visions she saw was of these, these people praising and worshiping and singing and shouting. And so when those three were singing and shouting, she said, oh, these are the ones, there is a true God, and he sent them to help us in this situation. And I go, these are amazing stories, and I grew up hearing them. And I'm a missionary kid, and as I grew up into my teenage years, I began to get to the place where the knowledge of God, I could tell you all these great answers about who God was, but my relationship with God and what it meant to actually hear God for me was challenging. I did not know how to hear God's voice. If only we could hear great stories of faith like that, and if only that then automatically meant that if you hear a crazy story of faith, then that means that you now have that level of faith. If only it worked that way. 
But unfortunately, or maybe fortunately it doesn't, God desires us to grow in our faith. And how do we grow in our faith? It's actually through steps of obedience. And so I really wanted to be a radical person who heard God and had radical faith and radical obedience. But the reality was if I prayed and said, God, speak to me, often God would speak to me about things he wanted me to do and I'd be like, ah, I don't like that. Something, speak something else, God. <laughs> so I wanted great faith, which meant great obedience. And, and really, I, wanted, I didn't really want much obedience. I just wanted to have great faith. And it, it doesn't really work like that. And you know, I'm grateful for that too because actually we learn so much in the simple steps of obedience. Do you want to be someone who is of great faith? Then start by walking in simple obedience when God speaks. As we walk in our obedience, God trusts us and he can speak more things to us. Um, so I, growing up, I was really wrestling with how do I increase my faith? And you know, sin also affects our ability to hear God's voice. And as a young teenager, you know, I really wrestled with, with pornography and things like that, that that really affected my faith. It affected my ability to believe that God cared about me or that I was good enough to hear his voice. And so as I was growing and, real, and needed to work through that, it allowed me to begin to hear God's voice better. Sin is such a block for us to hear God's voice, but he's faithful. <laughs> and as I began to deal with those areas, God began to speak to me and with little steps of obedience. And I said, God, I want to be radical in my obedience. And God said, okay, pray for three people a day. I said, okay, I can do that. So I go to someone, one of my friends and I'm like, hey, I just want to pray a word for you today. And I put my hand on their shoulder and, and ask God for a word. And sometimes I would get nothing. <laughs> you know, we, we think in the church sometimes it's just, it's just meant to automat automatically be there. But actually, sometimes we're meant to just grow. And I'd, I'd pray and say, hey, I didn't get anything, but could you now pray for me so that I could pray for you again? Because I didn't get anything the first time. But if you pray for me, then maybe I'll get something to pray for you. And, you know, I just did that because guess what? I didn't know anything else. I didn't have the Jesus level faith yet. I just had my level of faith. And my level of faith was God said to go pray for someone. So I did. A couple weeks after that, I went to Papua New Guinea as one of my outreach trips. I love Papua New Guinea remarkable place I still didn't really know if I could hear God's voice and on our second day I didn't feel any better I didn't feel any different I didn't feel like a super Christian yet but we got we went on this uh, trip and it took us uh, five hours and our vehicle broke down and all kinds of crazy things happened we met someone that that came out of the jungle and he was shaking my hand and and I asked my translator what is he saying to me as he's shaking my hand and the translator said oh he he's saying he used to eat people like you and, and I was like okay <laughs> so but we arrived late that night. It was a late Saturday night, and it was, we found out that our team of 11 were taking three church services in the morning. Each team, so we'd break into a team of three, and we'd take the church service the next day. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good. I can give a testimony. They said, oh, no, 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 no. These church services are four hours, and your team has to do the whole four hours. And then, okay, and then they said, oh, and then that night you're going to rotate, and then Monday morning you're going to rotate again so that each team speaks in each church. And then Monday night there's going to be a crusade where all the churches come together, and you're going to preach to them. And we were like, huh? <laughs> Here I am trying to pray for someone. I don't get a word for them, and now we're meant to preach. And so we, in our team, we were tired. We didn't feel spiritual, but we said, God, would you speak to us? And I just got a simple thing that God said to me, just a simple story of the prodigal son. And I was like, well, that's not very helpful. <laughs> we're going to have to do three-hour sermon, and there's three of us, so each of us have to do an hour. I can't talk about the prodigal son for an hour. <laughs> but we went the next morning, we were praying and saying, God, help us. We got to this, this beautiful church. And I was the last person to speak, and boy, I've never prayed so hard for somebody else in my life, because if the first person did a two-minute message and then sat down, I just got two hours. <laughs> and then the second person, if they only did a two-minute, I just got three hours. I'm like, Lord, speak to them, please. Help them hear your voice. 
And then as I got up, I just had this simple thing that God gave me as a phrase to say, and God began to speak through me. And it, it just, as I was speaking, this lady in the back got up and she started waving a white flag. And I don't know about you, but that doesn't happen in my church. And all I know is a white flag is surrender. And I thought that I was doing so badly that this, bless her heart, lovely lady was just trying to say, just, just you know, you're 10 minutes in. It's, it's, it was a good attempt. The other two did well, but you, you know, just maybe finished now. So I looked at my team there and I said, what do I do? And they just said, just keep going. I was like, okay. So just trusting in God. And at the end, we found out from the community that she was a local intercessor. Been praying for her community for 30, 40, 50 years. And at different points of the message, some of the exact words that I said were words that she'd been praying in her prayer room for 20, 30 years. And she couldn't help but stand up and, and declare the goodness of God by just praising and saying, God is faithful. But it was just simple little things. I had no idea. You know, we look at Jesus and he is the model, the image for us. And we're like, man, I often don't know how to relate to Jesus' life in terms of faith for hearing his voice. He did remarkable things. Walked on the water, fed the 5,000, all these kind of things. And sometimes I don't know how to relate to Jesus like that. Because I haven't been called to do those things yet. (laughs) I've prayed for people and they haven't got healed and he prayed for people or called them out of the tomb and they, they walked out alive like, wow, that's radical. And we learn, and one of the things we're reading this week is that Jesus actually grew in his faith. He grew in his ability to obey. He grew in his understanding of who he was. And I go, okay, well, what does that look like? And just in reflections, I, I wonder if we don't often look at the whole of Jesus' life. He is the picture of what it means to be human. And he spent 18 years doing a, a blue-collar kind of job. He was a laborer, a, a craftsman, or, a, you know, we often have pictures of Jesus the carpenter. When he's doing his ministry in the last three years of life, he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. That's radical hearing and obeying of God. But I just wonder, what does that look like when he was a carpenter or if he was a stonesmith or a laborer? What did that radical life of Jesus look like in what would be a normal daily life like us. And I wonder if what led Jesus to the kind of radical obedience or the faith to walk, to go to the cross on our behalf, I wonder if that happened through the simple steps of obedience that you and I also have to grow in, like turning up to work on a Monday morning. (laughs) Sometimes we have great visions and faith of what what we want to do in the future, what God's going to do in our life. Jesus had that too. He he knew that he was called to be the Messiah of the world, <laughs> that he was going to rescue all of us from our sins, and yet he had 18 years of going to work. What did God say to him in his quiet times during those years? Do you think it was boring and dull? Do you think he was like, oh, I don't need to hear God's voice now. I'll, I'll hear God's voice when he wants me to go and, and heal the thousand. You know, no. I think Jesus needed God's voice as much in that time. And I think he would go away early in the morning and say, Father, Let's say if he was a, specifically a carpenter, and we're not exactly sure some of what he actually did, but he was a laborer. Let's say he was a carpenter. How do you think the father wanted to speak to him about the daily life that he lived? Do you think that maybe Jesus, if he was a carpenter, made furniture that wasn't like anybody else's because he, he saw the father and how the father would make furniture? Do you think Jesus' work was ever second rate? Do you think the way Jesus treated others, do you think, do you think that working, if Jesus, if, if Jesus could be your boss, what kind of a boss would he be? 
What kind of radical ways would God be speaking to him about not just the spiritual things, but the daily life things? And boy, we need to know God in, in radical ways, but also we need to know, know God in the mundane parts of our life. I don't, God doesn't separate out the spiritual things from brushing your teeth. These are all parts of the kingdom of God. And hearing God's voice for guidance, there's so much that we're going to discover. And I, I just love the Abide series session that we're going to go to next week. And so many, every verse of reflection is good details for how to actually hear God's voice and how to test it. But the one thing I want to encourage us this morning in is God wants to speak to us in our life more than we think. He wants to speak about things more than we know he wants to. In your business, right now during COVID and, and in your life, maybe going to school and your, your classes, life is not the same more than ever. We need to hear God because he is wanting to engage with this world. He wants the kingdom of God to be expressed. And you and I, I love the song we started this, with this morning. It's a, talking about um, the, what a powerful name it is, Jesus. But the power of God is wanting to be expressed through you. The way that this community in Prince George is going to know God is because of your radical life of hearing God, walking in obedience, and never giving up. We have a, a saying or a phrase in Wyoming, and it's, hear God, obey, and never give up. <laughs> and that sums up, I think, pretty easily our, what we're called to do is hear God, obey it, and never give up. And as we walk in those simple steps of obedience, God actually increases our faith to hear him for greater levels of obedience. So as we are just praying and just thinking about these kind of things and wanting to encourage you guys as we go into studying the way that God wants to lead us this week, we wanted to just encourage you guys that God's calling us to fresh steps of obedience. And that can be really exciting and it can also be really terrifying, but if we want to hear God's, God more, we've got to be willing to do and to obey what he says for us to do. Um, and so our, kind of the application of this as well is that there's so many reasons right now that we're, we're, we're under attack and just felt like God wanted to encourage us that one of the ways to, to fresh walking engagement with hearing God's voice is that God actually wants to help us and increase our hope. That at the moment, like, I feel like our hope is under attack and we don't have much hope for things that God's called us to. We're not as courageous to walk in radical obedience. Does that make sense? And so some of the things that I, that I felt God wanted to encourage us is that you know, one of the ways that our hope can be under attack is that sometimes God speaks stuff and, and nothing happens. What he said, and we're like, I thought it was going to happen, or it didn't, didn't happen the way we thought it would be, and that can, that can affect our hope. It can damage our faith or trust in God. Or sometimes things happen that we didn't even expect that God was gonna, that was going to happen in our life, and that can affect our hope. Or, or maybe yeah, there's areas in our life that, that God has spoken and we've been hanging on to, but it's taking longer than we thought. And God wants to come again and increase our hope and refresh our, um, our expectation that God's going to move. And some of the ways that, that, we're gonna, that we can do that is by reminding ourselves of God's goodness. Reminding ourselves through what the Word says of who He is. That's so helpful. God says this, and man, sometimes faith is just declaring who God is and not letting go, even though our world or our moment does not reflect the truth of who God is, but we need to stand on the truth of who God is. So reminding us of who God is is one way to refresh the hope within us. Another way is actually to remind ourselves of ways that God has spoken to us and met us in our own life. I love that you went through a process of journaling. Do you have stories of how God has spoken to you and led you and, and met you in your life? And in times where our hope is, is, is challenged, 
Man, we need to re- remind ourselves of those things. And then the, the next one is, boy, we need community. We can't do this walk and this life without community. And God wants to use us to be ones that would be radical encouragers and reminders of the truth of God and who God is in each of our lives, that our hope would be encouraged through others so that we can walk in radical obedience as God speaks to us because he does want to talk to us. He does want to give us guidance. And these are a couple areas that we wanted to encourage you guys in as, as you, we head into this week of believing and trusting that God is going to speak such amazing things to us about change and bringing the kingdom of God in your daily life. And I wanted to, if my wife is able to pass off our son for a minute, I want to invite my Alicia uh, up and just wants to just lead us in a couple of prayer points related to that that we just felt that God wanted to uh, just, do a, just do with us as we're considering this next week of hearing God's voice. So come on up, babe. Oh, hey, guys. Good morning. Yeah, I just want to pray for us. Um, as Nathaniel and I were uh, praying about this service, three words came to mind, to our hearts, that God was speaking for you guys, and maybe they will resonate with you. But um, one of them was courage. Um, and so uh, the other one was hope. And the other one was perseverance. And so in our walks with the Lord this morning, where you're at, um, if one of those words, and I'm going to pray it, and as I pray, if, it's, if it resonates with you, I encourage you, um, maybe you want to stand and say, yeah, you know what, I need courage this morning. Or, you know what, I need hope. There's been things in my life where I, I lack hope. There's, been, there's a deep discouragement, or there's pain, or I... I wonder, is God really, is he really going to answer these prayers? Or is he going to be faithful to me? Um, The other one was perseverance. um, That you have, God just highlighted to me that there's many in here that have walked in such faith, such such in um, perseverance. You've really held on to the promises of God and who God is, and you've walked that, and you've done well. And God wants to come and just say to you, he's so proud of you, that he loves you, that he sees... um, he sees the way that you've been walking and you've been loyal and he says I see you and I'm with you and I'm going to do miraculous things and he loves relationship with you and it's simple and it's sweet and so I'm just going to pray if that's cool and um, as I pray just receive uh, just an impartation of that this morning okay so Jesus I thank you for gateway Lord I thank you for every family and individual here God I thank you that this morning you want to infuse hope God Lord, that you, where some of us, we've grown dry in our hope. We lack hope because, God, there's been uh, valid things in our life that have uh, brought pain or grief or disappointment. And, God, we've kind of, we've given up maybe in our spirits. And this morning, guys, I just pray that God would right now just give you a picture of hope for your future, a hope for your freedom, a hope for your family, a hope for your situation, for where you work. Grab hold of that promise. Grab hold of that vision. Because God in you and through you, he delights in giving you that hope and says, believe me for it. I am God and I do amazing things. I want to be glorified in your life. And God just, he's, he's lifting your chins and says, believe again. Let the light of his face, the light of the love of who he is, just, uh, yeah, shake off some of the 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 hardship and say, okay, I'm filled with hope today. God is good and I'm going to believe once again. And God, I pray for ones in here who uh, just need courage. 
where yeah we can we want to be risk takers we want to be people who who step out in faith and we obey but we lack courage we fear our what will people think our reputation we fear man but this morning god we say that that you're worth it and we want to be cur- people of cur- of courage in prince george uh, in, in our steps of obedience, wherever we are, where we work, where uh, the friends that we know, that we would be people who would be great encouragers, that we would pray for people, that we would uh, step out and that we wouldn't be afraid. And it wouldn't be for self-glory, it would be for your glory. It would so pe- people in and around us would know that you are good and you're real. And so I pray for amazing courage, that there would be strength as we walk out of here today and we'd say, yeah, God spoke and I'm going to do it. And we can walk in humility. We don't have to be afraid of being perfect, guys. God never called us to be perfect, but he's called us to walk in humility and grow and be formed through that. And it's a wild adventure. Yeah. And God, I pray for ones who maybe have persevered. They fought hard. They've been loyal. They've been faithful. They love you. They've believed you, but it's it's been long and they need a bit of they need a, um, just a, a touch this morning of more strength, a deposit of just for you to come alongside them and say, I'm so proud of you. I see all that you're doing. I see the way that you're serving, the way that you're walking with me. You're pursuing me and your dreams and the gifts on your life. I see it. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm with you. And we're doing this. And I'm going to move. I'm not done yet. He's not done, guys. Persevere believe him take steps of faith and he will give you what you need he will give you strength he'll give you the words anointing he's so faithful so god thank you for this congregation this morning thank you for this word to us lord thank you for this week and the testimonies that will come as you bring hope courage and as we persevere with your friendship in jesus name amen thank you guys